The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. We are live in the Verona Palatial, right across the river through the woods, from where Granny loves to talk on her cartridge of grapefruit haze before she goes to bed in New York City, the Big Apple. Ooh. People dressed in plastic bags or ready to drive in some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do that. All my friends that come around, flats and flats and party up. Rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown. What a mess, this town's in town. And my brains are splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Hey, what's kicking? It's Pharrell with Carver High this evening. 844-843-6879 is the number to wax up on a mahogany. We want to hear from you. I'm sitting here watching uh, this epic meltdown by the 76ers. They're going to win this game over the Rockets. Right now, JoJo's at the line. There's 12 seconds left. He hits the first to make it a five-point game. They were only up about 25 in this uh, game at the half or something like that. I mean, they laid down like a French hooker in the second half. I mean, they absolutely... In the fourth quarter, they didn't score a basket until there were six minutes left in the quarter. I mean, honestly, they literally were like, oh, for donuts. I'm just sitting here watching them. They were favored by 11. They were up 25. How do you not win that game and cover? I mean, it is just like so ridiculous to me how they, it's almost like the game was fixed. I'm sitting here watching going, how how in the F do you blow a 25-point lead? Now, and I mean to tell you, they just quit playing. They just stopped trying. And they literally turned the ball over 15 times. And I'm sitting here watching going, you got to be kidding me. That's why they'll never win this, you know, title this year, any year. I mean it. Like, Doc Rivers, Joel Embiid. You could talk all you want about Simmons and you could talk about Tobias Harris and all the new regime and the new culture and all that BS. All I know is, I mean, do you really, I mean, honestly, did you ever see the the Warriors when they were together and winning three titles blow a 25-point lead? Did you ever, I mean, honestly... Think about it. The Let's say the super teams in Miami with LeBron. Did they ever blow 25-point leads? Seriously. The, would the Lakers blow a 25-point lead? So last night, I know the Suns blew a 24-point lead, but let's face facts. 
the Suns are just now getting better. The Suns are just now coming off the bubble, undefeated run of 8-0, whatever it was, and Booker was the star. And then they finally get CP3, and they have a team now. And they got Monty Williams, and they got eight, and they got Bridges. They got a team. But the Suns have been capable of blowing a 24-point lead. How about they've never had a 24-point lead in years in a game? We welcome in all of our radio affiliates. Satellite Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network on Sirius XM. Badass. Mightier 1090 in San Diego and all of Southern California. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then Sports Map Radio Network, Sports Byline USA, Armed Forces Radio. Hoorah, soldier. Hoorah. I'm Pharrell with Carver High tonight. I just don't get it. You know what I mean? Like Carver High, it, it's something I could see happening to really the Suns because they've never really, that I remember, having 24-point leads. But, you know, I'll be honest, with that game last night, uh, CP3 was still hitting shots. He had like 14 in the fourth quarter. I thought the guy was playing great. They were playing great. Then they missed like four straight shots, and the Nets hit like three threes and a layup by Green, and they were back in it uh, late. That's how they caught up so fast late. But I didn't think that the Suns last night late played that badly. I really I really didn't. I, you know, They could have easily won that game. They blew the lead. There's no doubt about it. But they had every chance in the world to win the game. They just missed some shots. And every time they missed, the Nets hit a three. And then they got twos. They never missed. So they went down and finished. And I'll tell you what, Harden took over that game. And in my view, single-handedly won it. I know it made it seem like everybody else was involved. And he was dishing. And Green was hitting. Harris was hitting. You know, Tyler Johnson was hitting, fair enough. But from the point when he sat down at the start of the fourth and when he came in with about six minutes left, five and a half minutes, the guy took over the game. He literally, like, scored every basket except for the green layup. I mean, that's what I saw. I was watching the game. I just saw one thing. I mean, I boxed it all out. All I saw was James Harden taking over. And he, same thing with John Wall in this game tonight. John Wall started hitting shots from downtown. Pharrell, do not come near me. Carver High rolling tonight after Young Willie came on the set today and dropped a yammer in his diaper. The new stud on the block, Strong Island style. Carver Highs here. So, uh, you know, it bothers me, and we'll have Rick Camel on uh, from SiriusXM coming up uh, here in a few minutes to talk NBA Rack. I still don't understand. I really don't. Um, I'm trying to figure it out, Carver High. The Warriors roll with that Oakland uniform and the Oakland floor. When they left Oakland so fast your head could spin, and they went to San Francisco, where the rich people are, down on the water, to their new billion-dollar arena. 
and they are, in my view, a long way from Oakland. And they're still trying to sell that Oakland BS to everybody. What is that about? Honestly, like, why are they even doing that? The floor and the jerseys. I don't get it. What are they trying to rub it in their face? or Because that's what it seems like to me, even though they're trying to show them love and their heritage and their history in Oakland. Well, if they liked it so much, they shouldn't have left. No, you're absolutely right. It's ridiculous. And you know what? If you were going to do it once, uh, in the season, or maybe twice, you know, spread out throughout the entire slate. You know, whatever. I still think that that's kind of fugazi. But, I mean, this is like the fourth or fifth time they've worn them in like the last three weeks. Like, guys, like what what are we doing here? You left Oakland. Okay, you left. You're in San Francisco now. Enough with the dopey warrior throw, you know, Oakland throwbacks and putting it on the floor. It, just enough with it. It's so stupid. It really is. Like, why do it? I, I don't understand. You are, you know, in San Francisco now. <laughs> You're not in Oakland. Like, just so people understand. Uh, some people have never been there or know nothing about it uh, wherever you live. Fair enough. Here's the deal. You have to go over the Bay Bridge and drive like 20 minutes to get to Oakland from San Francisco, right? You go over the bridge. And then you drive and you're in, in Oakland. Now, the only thing good about Oakland is uh, I used to fly out of Oakland and go back to uh, Orange County every weekend because I lived there, right? I had a place in Huntington Beach and uh, I worked in San Francisco. So originally when I did my show uh, in uh, CNN in Atlanta, I, I got hired by KMBR to go to San Francisco. And when I got there... Um, you know, it was a huge gig, and the goal really was to get uh, back to my crib in, in Huntington Beach because <laughs> I didn't really care about San Francisco. I thought it was really cool and everything. I thought it was a hip city, and I enjoyed it. I really loved the food. One of the things about it, uh, so when my dad was alive, so my my dad loved San Francisco and Carmel by the sea and everything else. So my mother, my mother's sister ran the lodge at Pebble beach for her whole life. She was the GM and uh, she was like a real powerful woman there. And uh, they went there every year to San Francisco. They just loved it. Couldn't get enough of San Francisco. So one of the, the, the point of this is, is that my dad taught me all these great restaurants, right? He's like, listen, here's the top 10. This is where you eat nowhere else. Just go eat here. And you're good. And I mean to tell you, I ate like I was going to the electric chair when I lived in San Francisco. And, um, you know, I was single, whatever, living alone. I had, uh, I just was a terrorist. I was like, I was just drinking like a fish and eating like I was in the mafia. I had like a napkin in my collar, Carver High. I didn't wear it around my waist. I had it in my, in my shirt because I was spilling all over myself booze and pasta. And then whatever else I ate, they have great everything there. I mean, just fabulous everything. The food there is amazing. It's like Paris. And I haven't been there. I haven't been to Paris. I've been I've been all over Europe. I haven't been there. Uh, not yet, anyway. You know why? Because I go to St. Martin a lot, and I hate the French. You're not so missing Why go visit them if you hate them? Seriously, I hate them. Uh, so anyway... Uh, I used to fly out of Oakland and the way, and, and I don't want to be mean or anything. I've said this stuff before uh, and it gets people all riled up. 
but you know, Oakland's great for uh, people that are from there. Love it, right? They, they'll, I mean, they'll kill for Oakland. They love it. It's fantastic. It's also like the drug hub of the United States. I mean, honestly, it, it, let's just get down to it, right? Like you could score anything there in five minutes. In five minutes, you can kill yourself. And so uh, I wanted no part of Oakland. I wanted no part of – like I used to go to games over there, Warriors, uh, A's, you know, Raiders, whatever. And uh, believe me you, it ain't San Francisco. So no one wants to hear it, but the reality is it is what it is. Now, And then I heard people tell me since then, like since I lived there, in, uh, that it's a lot nicer. And I'm like, no, it isn't. <laughs> They're like, no, it's really nice now. I'm like, no, it isn't. It is not nice. It's crime-filled and uh, drug-filled, and there's no cops that want to work there because they're scared to death. Uh, they're going to get shot. And that's just, it's like Chicago, man. <laughs> it's become a war zone. They don't even tell me I'm wrong. Call me if, if I'm so wrong. 844-843-6879. Why did they leave there? Honestly. Because, am I wrong? Now they'll say money, the arena was a dump. Do you remember when they used to say the arena was the loudest arena in the NBA? And they had the best fans in the NBA in the East Bay? If it was so great and it was so loud and it was the best fans and the best arena, even though it was a dump and it was old, why not build there? Why not build there and stay right where they were and build a new arena right there? It's because no one wants to be there, okay? And they want to be in San Francisco where the money is. That, that's the deal. And no one, no one likes hearing it because I know how sensitive everyone is. But the reality is that's the truth. And that's all there is to it. When I was in San Francisco, I told you the only thing I'd go to uh, Oakland for is the airport and drugs. <laughs> I mean, you just... You don't go there for any reason whatsoever unless you want to get shot. People argue with that, too. Yeah, good luck. Uh, take a look at where all the crime is in California. They lead the pack. I mean, they lead the pack far and away. Carver, you know it's all true. And, I mean, this has, you know, people say, you know, there's no place for that. There's just no place for that on this program. On this, you're, you know. you're really you really shouldn't be talking about things like this, Scott. You know, it's a nice neighborhood. It's it's up and coming. There's no Beautiful reason for you to do there. this. There's a lot of nice there's people lot, who live in that city. There's a lot of color there. There's a lot of uh, beauty. There's a lot of wonderful people. There's a lot of arts, and it's a magnificent. It's a it's a camouflage of great artists. <laughs> Shut up. Get lost, you know, Scott. Why are you? You know. Why are you talking about Oakland so much? I'm getting phone calls. Just please don't just talk about anything else. Don't talk did about that. Uh, did you see the story today that I, I saw? I don't know if you saw it, but did you see our boy? Uh, do you remember the guy we used to work with? He. Uh, do you remember Pete, the update guy that used yes, to work with us? Yes, I know this, and I and I I know exactly what you're talking did you hear about. About the story. And, well, I remember the day it happened. Like for real, the day it actually happened. What happened? T tell the story. Well, well, because he he did his first show ever on the fan. This dude Pete Mundo now does uh, he does uh Fox or he does a uh, local news, he does news political talk political talk in in, in, uh, in Kansas, Kansas City. City. Yeah. 
and he did an overnight at the fan. We, great dude, we're great we're dude. Friends with him. But the we first like time him. he ever did an overnight at the fan, it was like two to six a.m. and he got done with the show, and and of course the boss at the fan went up to him and just said, "That was the worst four hours of radio I ever heard in my life." <laughs> 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 and sure enough, he ended up driving him. He ended up uh, getting that job in Kansas Because he said that Chernoff was the reason that he decided he didn't want to do sports anymore because he's just like, I'm just not into this. Maybe I do suck and I, I should do news. And now he's successful and doing great. All right, for all on the bench, and Rick Kamla joins us from SiriusXM, NBA Radio, Give and Go, One to Four East. Uh, he's also on Mad Dog Radio. I think on Saturdays, uh, I've been on there uh, recently. I went on with uh, uh, went on with Linda Cohn, and then I went on with uh, the Morning Men. So I've been I've been popping on there ever since we got the Sports Grid uh, Radio Network Channel Two Hundred Four. Rick, we're uh, back home again in Indiana. I got my uh, Pharrell and Event show and the Coast to Coast show back on Sirius XM after all my years on the Howard Stern channels. I'm stoked. Yeah, we're stoked to, that, that you're back. I've been reading your promos uh, during Give and Go uh, 1 to 4 um, on NBA Radio, talking about you and Sports Grid and uh, for the best betting angles, go to 204. So we've been, uh, we've been uh, pumping it up, man, and, and telling people to go over there and uh, psyched to be back on the air with you. Uh, I, I'm sure you've got this game on, this Denver-Washington game, man. Uh, a couple of minutes ago, Denver was down 10. Uh, they've worked their way back into a tie. Two ballsy threes by Jamal Murray uh, in the closing seconds here have made it a, a 128-128 game. 2.1 seconds left. Uh, Washington's got an inbound here with a chance to win. Uh, this has been a fun night in the NBA so far, man. Yeah, no doubt. You have to tell me uh, what happens at the end of that game. I'm watching the uh, Warriors in heat, and then I was watching – uh, Philly blow that giant lead against the Rockets and lay down in the second half. Boy, did they look terrible in the second half of that game, the Sixers. They had this huge lead, and then they just laid down, and John Wall brought the Rockets back. But Philly ended up winning it by five. They didn't cover. Uh, so uh, <laughs> what are they in? A, are they in a timeout, the Nuggets and Wizards, with two seconds left? No, what happened was uh, Westbrook inbounded to Bradley Beal, and, uh, and, and he drove and uh, got fouled by Jermichael Green. And it's been a rough couple of seconds for Jermichael Green because moments ago he fouled Davis Bertans on a three ball, uh, and he hated the call. And, uh, and Bertans went to the line and made three free throws. And uh, here's Beal with one-tenth of a second left, makes the first free throw. The ball game is over, Scott. Uh, as you know, they're not going to be able to do anything with uh, with one tenth left. So uh, Westbrook inbounded the ball to Bradley Beal uh, uh, from from the right sideline, and Beal came across from uh, from left to right, caught it, and then curled around. Um, it went uh, right at the rack, and uh, Jamichael Green, uh, good player, and he's had a pretty good game. Um, but uh, but Bradley Beal, the hero, one thirty to one twenty eight. Your final, uh, the Washington Wizards prevailing. 
Uh, Scott, I was on Beeson earlier today, and they were, uh, they were asking me about a lot of the games tonight, and uh, specifically this one. And I said, I think Denver was a three-point favorite or a four-point favorite. And I said, I like Washington tonight because um, it's, it's the traction that they've been gaining here in the last couple of games, right? I'm starting to see that spark. I'm starting to see um, the, not really any defense, but at least like outscoring their opponent. But they're, they're getting their act together, man. And, uh, and, and they continue that tonight with a good win over Denver. And Denver obviously does not have their act together. Uh, they're, they're in a bit of a losing skid here. But a good win right there by the Wizards. So I was on the Wizards tonight getting three and a half against the Nuggets, so I'm glad they covered that spread. I see the Pacers and T-Wolves are going to overtime tied at 121, and uh, I want to go back to uh, some of the stuff I saw you were doing on uh, your social media with uh, regards to the uh, deserving first-time All-Stars in the East and West, and I I was just thinking about, because I've talked a lot about this on the show the last uh, couple of weeks where I've been, you know, selling Julius Randle. I just can't believe what he's done at 44 uh, point night that, you know, he had like 44, nine and seven and uh, seven threes. And I thought that game iced it. And I don't really have a problem with your argument that Jalen Brown uh, deserves to be a first time all-star. That's kind of without a doubt. But I just want to know your feelings about Randall. He's got to make that team, right? He's really close. And, uh, you know, the Knicks loss tonight was not beneficial, right? You, you go down to Orlando, you know, you were supposed to get to 500 tonight. Uh, they were favored by, I think, four points. I actually like the Knicks tonight. And uh, they bamboozled the whole world. Like, who had Orlando tonight, right? And I know that Fournier came back, and that was big. Uh, and when I talked with Beeson earlier today, that, that had not been firmed up yet. Uh, and I saw Fournier at the beginning of the game in the starting lineup, and I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> I had that thought right at the beginning of the game. And uh, the Knicks obviously played well for about uh, two and a half quarters, three quarters, and then uh, the roof caved in. Uh, but but Randall's right there, Scott. He's having a historic year. Uh, the, the game that he had the other night that you're talking about, the game against Atlanta, uh, the, the uh, previous guy to have a game like that in Knicks history was Bernard King, okay, uh, to, to let you know. Um, you know, he's going 23-11-6. My God, he's a 40% three-point shooter, almost 50% from the field. Um, he's been consistent and, uh, and, and the best player on, uh, you know, they were the sixth uh, best team in the East coming into tonight. Um, I, I really think Randall's got a great chance. Jalen Brown, though, is in the top ten in scoring. He's uh, been the rock for Boston all year, and I know they took an L to Atlanta tonight. Trey Young had another 40-point game. Um, and uh, circle back and ask me about the Hawks because I, I have an interesting take that you might want to hear on them. But uh, Jalen Brown, Scott, uh, the, the vault in scoring from 20 to 26 is major, 50-plus um, percent from the field, 40-plus percent on threes. Um, and he's been clutch as, as heck and uh, just nails and a rock for this team all year. So uh, I'll give you Randall, you give me Brown. We'll, we'll, I, I think we're going to see both of them in the All-Star game, though. Yeah, listen, uh, so Carver High, tell uh, Rick, who I had in the Magic and uh, Knicks game tonight, who did I bet on money line spread? I believe that you had the Magic tonight when we were doing Coast to Coast this afternoon. That's right, because here's the deal, Rick, is that I love the Knicks and and, uh, the Nets, and I love watching the ball, you know that, but I said on TV today, I just said, the Knicks have won three in a row, 
they're in the sixth in the East. They're supposed to go to 500. I said, you know they're going to go down and butcher that game tonight with Savage uh, <laughs> and the second-to-worst team in the league. You know they're going to lose outright to them. Forget about the four. They're going to lose to the Magic because that's the Knicks. Just when you think uh, that they're fantastic – uh, they let you down. Although I really like what they're doing this year. I love what Rose has brought a different speed from a fourth to fifth gear. I think their transition game's better. I like when they play a little quicker. And with Randall and every everything that they've done, I mean, literally almost all the pieces. And then you add Rose. You know, I like what everyone, even Peyton, what he's done. I like what uh, you know. Every guy. Has has brought to the team uh, across the board, even Nerlens Noel. When Mitchell went out, Nerlens got more burn. He started blocking shots and had some big buckets down the stretch the other night at home, and they won a game. But I like what they're doing. But I, I want to say that uh, you mentioned the Celtics losing, and I, I want to know what's wrong with him. You talk about Jalen Brown. What's wrong with him? Like last night they win, they handled Denver, no problem, and then tonight they go lose to the Atlanta Hawks. I mean, honestly, like, and then I guess my question is this. The, Ainge took the fall. He said, there's nothing wrong with Brad Stevens. The, it's not the players. It's not the coach. It's me. And you know that's a load of crap uh, because uh, I cannot. Uh, it is. They never blame Brad Stevens for anything ever in Boston. The guy can lose 30 in a row, and they never blame him. He's, he's, he's honestly, he's like the mob. He's, he's like Teflon Don. You cannot blame him for anything. It's like he's Jesus of suburbia. I don't get it. It's like this guy, uh, the Rams coach, McVay. He's a genius, too. Brad Stevens never blamed for anything. Well, what's wrong with the Celtics? They're losing a lot, and I do blame him. That's interesting. Uh, he is Teflon. He, he's bulletproof. There's no doubt about it, man. Um, so uh, it, what's going on with the Celtics is, uh, is a couple of things. First of all, Marcus Smart being out is gigantic for them, right? He's their, their spirit animal. He's their heart and soul. And, uh, and, and they're missing him, man. He brings the intangibles. He brings the grit. Uh, they're missing him. Uh, they're also missing Gordon Hayward, Scott, right? And, and you got a trade exception back for him, and I think they're going to turn that trade exception into uh, Andre Drummond eventually, but, uh, but they haven't done that yet. So they're a man short. You don't have Marcus Smart. And uh, Jason Tatum explained the other day that he's still feeling the effects of COVID uh, and his positive test with that. Um, but, you know, they're, they're going to figure it out. I, I think Danny Ainge is going to make some moves. And what you were alluding to, uh, we talked about today on Give and Go with me and Antonio Daniels. Um, Danny Ainge admitted, and I'll just quickly read the tea leaves to the people, man. Danny Ainge basically admitted to the Boston Globe that he made a mistake signing Tristan Thompson, okay? He said, I'm not going to name names, but, you know, I'm the guy that set up the team, and the team that I set up isn't getting it done, and I'm not going to mention names. Okay, so what were the new faces? On, what are the new faces on this team? Jeff Teague, he's not talking about Teague. Peyton Pritchard's... Uh, uh, him and Quickly are the steals of the draft. He's not talking about him. He's not talking about Neesmith. He's talking about giving Tristan Thompson the same damn contract that the Clippers gave Abaka and the Lakers gave Harrell. That's a swing and a miss. And so I think they're. I think he's going to make it right by getting Drummond. But he basically admitted that he made a mistake with the Tristan Thompson contract. And I could have told him that the day he signed him in free agency. I hated that signing. Maybe yeah, I agree with you. I don't think he's got any game. Maybe they should have never frankly, got rid of uh, Horford. When we come back, we'll uh, go into the Western Conference 
And I want to talk about uh, Harden and the Nets. What he did last night to the Suns was unbelievable. And they play the Lakers tomorrow night. I'm stoked for that game. I'm also stoked, and Carver High is as well, for tomorrow's one-foot blizzard of snow again in New York City. We average a blizzard every week now in New York. And when we don't have a, a blizzard full of snow, we have ice storms. Rick Campbell is our good friend from NBA Radio on Sirius. Check him out on Give and Go every Monday through Friday at 1 East. And then on Saturdays on uh, Mad Dog Radio at uh, 3 East. And uh, he's back on the bench. So uh, last night I'm watching that Nets game and late night. And, you know, they blew that lead. But I said earlier in the show, it wasn't like they were playing that bad. I mean, CP3 had about 14 in the fourth. They were hitting shots. It was just that little window where they missed about four or five shots in a row. And the Nets went down and hit daggers, hit threes, and then green the layup. And then, of course, uh, Harden with the the stick from about 30 feet out, dead center, uh, just to ice it. And that was strong effort by him. Incredible performance with no Kyrie, no KD. He's out there playing with Joe Harris and Green and and uh, Tyler Johnson and and Jordan. It, it really was uh, and Brown. Unbelievable that he you know he carried them. And you see how happy he is. And I still think the Suns are a sick team. Twenty five and ten since the bubble. I love D Book. I love CP three. I love Aiden. I like Monty Williams. I don't, you know, they're not a team that blows 24-point leads because they never lead by 24 against anybody for years. So I thought it was a, a great performance by Harden. And I want to know what you thought and what you think of the Nets now as they're chasing Philly. I think they'll catch and pass Philly in the East. And uh, they're becoming dangerous. I agree that they will uh, catch and pass Philadelphia. Totally agree with that. And last night, um, something told me, Scott, I was tired. I was falling asleep, okay? Like, the comeback occurred after midnight Eastern time, right? And, uh, and I was tired. Uh, I'm human, all right? I'm watching all the games, but, I, I was, but something told me, stay awake. Don't go to bed. Don't, don't think you'll watch it tomorrow off DVR. And then, you know, no, 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 stay up and watch this game. And so I shadow boxed and stayed up and watched. I'm so glad I did, Scott, because from just under five minutes to go, until the two-and-a-half-minute mark of the fourth quarter, there were eight straight makes by both teams, right? It went uh, Suns, Nets, Suns, Nets, Suns, Nets, Suns, Nets. Bang, 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 all in a row. Uh, I haven't seen anything like that this year, okay? So that was the coolest fourth-quarter sequence that I've seen all year. Now, what you were talking about is from the two-and-a-half-minute mark uh, till the end of the game, the Phoenix Suns did not score a point, Okay, and the problem was CP3, who could have been blindfolded and made shots in the fourth quarter. He had 17 of his 29 in the fourth. Uh, for whatever reason, the ball didn't come to him, and, and the shots went to Jay Crowder, and, uh, uh, and, and uh, Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges took a shot. Right, now, right. you know, the biggest possession of the game for Phoenix was after the three ball by Harden to give him a two-point lead. Uh, you come back with Booker and an ISO. He drives on Shamit. Shamit builds a wall on him, an impenetrable wall, and forces Booker into a terrible shot. And then, uh, you know, the foul game and free throws for Harden and the game was over. Um, I was really impressed with the others last night, Scott. 
Harris had 22. Green had 18. Shamit had a double-figure game in the biggest defensive play of the game. Uh, they got 40 points off the bench. Um, and, you know, I've, I've been very vocal and very critical of the Harden trade uh, in that, you know, you gave up Jared Allen, Karis LeVert, and Torian Prince. My God, right? And all of those picks. So you really gutted your depth. And I know the LeVert thing with, with cancer, and thank God he's had it, you know, eradicated and he's going to be fine now. But, you know, you think about LeVert, Allen, Prince, how much they meant to that team. And they've really been missing those guys, but they did not miss them last night. And I agree. I do think that eventually the Nets are going to pass the Philadelphia 76ers for first place in the East. How do you think? Because um, I don't think KD's playing again tomorrow night. He's out. I think Kyrie might go. But we don't know that. Have yet. you heard that, or is that speculation? Is that speculation? No, I heard. I heard tonight that um, that KD is not playing. That's what I saw tonight. He's not playing, but Kyrie is probable. And then we'll see. But Man. how do you think they'll do against the Lakers? Ah, what a buzzkill, right? I uh, I really thought that because the Nets have been kind of shrewd about saying that a guy's got a hammy or a labrum or whatever the hell. Um, and they just want to rest him, and then they play him the next game. So that, that kind of bums me out to hear that about Duran. I thought they were just shelving him for a couple of games, rest him, coming off the Achilles, get him right for the Laker game. That tells me that he's legitimately got a hamstring strain, um, and, uh, and it's not just rest. So that, that kind of bums me out a little bit. Uh, look, it's a fair fight now, right? If you've got Duran, Kyrie, and Harden against LeBron and, and you know, the Lakerettes, uh, and I, I mean that jokingly, obviously, no disrespect, um, then it's it's kind of uh you know kind of a mismatch. Now you got LeBron and his guys, you've got Harden, Kyrie, and their guys, and uh, you got a fair fight. Um, I think it's going to be a terrific game, and uh, you know I, I got to be honest, Scott. I, I the the resolve, the championship DNA, the closing ability of LeBron James, making all the right plays at all the right time. Um, he's just been like you think about last week, right? Uh, Saturday, double overtime win against Detroit. The Monday win against OKC. The Wednesday win against OKC. The Friday win against Memphis. Like coming from behind each time, right? And willing his team to victory each time. Um, it was amazing, and I, I kind of see that type of effort from uh, from LeBron tomorrow night. And I think the, the rest of the Lakers are going to be great. The Kuzmas and the Schroeders and uh, and the Heralds and guys like that. I like the Lakers tomorrow night. I do. And how do you think they, uh, Rick Hamlin, with us? How do you think that they? Uh look without uh you know davis and obviously all that matters is that uh he and lebron are okay for the playoffs same thing with durant Kyrie, and harden and uh, but uh, you know without davis now and when you see guys like kuzma and caruso playing a lot more pope and etc uh matthews how do you think they look without him because uh, we just saw how the Nets look without Kyrie and KD. Harden carried him. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I liked what I saw out of, out of the Lakers last night. I mean, granted, it's Minnesota, okay? You can't draw too many conclusions about a February victory up in, up in Minneapolis. But uh, nevertheless, uh, Schroeder expanded his game. Marcus Gasol was good. Harrell had 17. Um, Kuzma who is their swing guy whenever somebody leaves the starting lineup. Um, he's the guy that enters. So he started last night. He only took six shots and had nine points. And so, you know, it's going to be a spin-the-bottle thing. It's going to be a by-committee thing, how they replace um, 
and mitigate the loss of Anthony Davis. But I like what I saw last night. Now, obviously, tomorrow night is going to be a terrific litmus test for how the Lakers look. And, and Scott, I think it's going to be several weeks. I know that it was put out that it was going to be two to three weeks, not going to play until after the All-Star game. Uh, Kendrick Perkins said he talked to uh, Rich Paul, the agent for AD, who said, look, and I'm condensing it, look, he, he may be out until just before the playoffs, okay? So uh, the Lakers are talking about we dodged a bullet with the MRI that revealed uh, calf strain and not a ruptured Achilles. Uh, there were some trepidatious moments out there in L.A. with AD's Achilles um, because they thought he might have done something really severe. So they're not taking any ch- I thought they brought him back too soon, Scott. You missed, the, you missed the two Thunder games. You come back Friday against Memphis. I was like, why? What are you doing? Hold him out. He's had this Achilles problem for a few weeks now, and you bring him back after two games out. I thought that was too soon, um, and it turned out to be too soon because he got hurt the next game Sunday night against Denver. Um, he ain't going to be back for a long, long time, Scott. So tomorrow's going to be a great litmus test for how the Lakers play against another elite team, and I think they're going to pass the test. I uh, I thought he actually against Memphis when he when he pulled up I thought he popped it I actually thought that they were gonna he hobbled off went to the back and I thought to myself just myself I wasn't um you know I I remember when it happened I wasn't like going on the air going I think he popped his Achilles but I did say like uh the next day on coast to coast I I thought he popped it I thought they were gonna you know the next day come out with he he blew it out. It was like the same thing as KD. All of a sudden, you see him reach down and grab that thing. When when I saw uh, AD, you know, hobble off, and then he was limping all the way to the back. I thought, man, he did it. He popped his Achilles. But I'm glad he didn't. So uh, I want to see the guy play. I'm not interested in the guy being gone for a year. So go circle back to the Hawks. Uh, what did you want to say about Atlanta? And do you think? Because I don't think Collins is worth a lottery pick. And I know there's talk of that, but I actually like Collins with that group. I think they should keep him, but it doesn't sound like that that's in their plans. Wait a second. You're telling me that that you wouldn't give up the 13th pick in any draft for John Collins? No, I, I don't think I, I – I think what I said was is that I like him on the Hawks. I wouldn't trade him, and I don't think – let me uh, add to that. I don't think he's worth a Supermax deal, which is what he wants, and I, I question whether or not I would give up a lottery pick for him. That, that's exactly what I said. Wow, wow, wow. I totally disagree with that. You're my boy, but I disagree with that. Now, I do agree that I'm not fully maxing him out. I can't give you Bam out of bio money. I can't give you Tatum money. I can't give you Mitchell money. Um, but I can give you, I don't know, 25 to $30 million per year. I can give you that. I mean, this is a 2010 guy. This is a 40% three-point shooter. Uh, he gets off the floor and blocks shots. He's a terrific rim runner, uh, catches lobs and throws it down. Um, I've had several conversations with John. Got to know him a little bit in my time in Atlanta. He's a really, really good human being. Uh, I want nobody to paint him with a broad brush of a bad reputation because of the 25-game suspension. Young fellow made a mistake, learned from it, and I don't think we're going to revisit that. Uh, uh, so we'll agree to disagree on that. Now, so why trade what him? I wanted to tell you about the Hawks. Why, why, why trade him? Why trade him? Well, look, I, if I'm the Hawks, I'm not trading him. I'm paying him, uh, I don't know, 110 over four. Like I said, I'm, I'm giving him a long-term contract. Now, if he wants full max, okay, now we're at an impasse, and, and we got to figure something else out. The thing is, he'll be a restricted free agent this summer, right, if they, if they don't extend him, um, at which point somebody will come with an offer sheet, at which point 
the Hawks are going to have a chance to match, and why the hell would you let him go getting nothing in return like Sacramento stupidly did with Bogey Bogdanovich, right? So uh, I don't see him going anywhere. And to your point, if I'm the Hawks, I want to keep him. I don't want to get rid of him. Um, you saw Nate McMillan out there tonight, right? You've got Lloyd Pierce, who is away from the team uh, for the birth of another child in his family. Um, and, and I'm a fan of Lloyd Pierce. I know Lloyd Pierce, and God bless his family on their new arrival. But he better watch out getting Wally Pipped here, okay? Because the Hawks, at the end of games, Scott, you've watched it. They've been brutal. They're in every single game, and they tend to lose all of the close games. Um, and lack of execution on the court is big, but that's when the coaches in the NBA make their cash is in the final three minutes of the game. So, so Lloyd Pierce, he's on the hot seat. Uh, they haven't extended his contract. And, uh, and, and so, you know, Nate McMillan's an established guy. Uh, you know, he's, he's been doing this a long time. He's one of the best coaches in the game at doing more with less. And, uh, and I thought he looked real comfortable, and I thought the Hawks looked real comfortable with Nate McMillan stalking that sideline tonight in Boston. I'm just saying. Yeah, listen, I, 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 like, uh, I, I like that theory because uh, Pierce is doing nothing for me with the Hawks, and they just can't seem to break through and get over to hump. And, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, I'm not even going to question what Nate McMillan's been able to do. Uh, in the league as a player and as a coach. So I have no problem with that. I could see your point that he could get Wally Pipped. It's great having you on, as always, uh, Rick. Uh, thanks for coming on the bench tonight, checking out on SiriusXM, 1 to 4, Saturdays 3 to 7 on Mad Dog Radio, uh, the other show 1 to 4 every day on NBA Radio. Mr. Camlin, enjoy the rest of the games tonight. Uh, thanks a lot for coming on the bench. All right, Scott. All right, Carver, hi. There he is. Uh, I don't think uh, Rick knew that Carver High had a baby son last week. So we got another bundle of joy here in the uh, Pharrell family. I don't think I can really judge the, I'll be honest, the Clippers jazz game tonight. It's 42 apiece with just under three minutes to go in the half. And uh, at Staples, uh, I can't judge it without Claw and PG playing. I'm just, you know, you got, uh, as far as I'm concerned, Morris, Abaka, Beverly, Jackson, and Sweet Lou Williams out on the floor. Uh, you're playing with, uh, uh, obviously, Zubats, Man, Coffee a few minutes, Patterson a few minutes. But the bottom line is, you know, it's no different. It, you know, a little bit it is in that Katie and Kyrie are out, but the difference is you have Harden playing, right, when the other two are out with alleged injuries, right? But the Clippers are up three right now, and Lou Williams has 14, but that's just not the same team at all. You can't even discuss it. You can't even uh, argue it. There's no getting around it. So when they're not playing – that's not a barometer of can the Clippers beat the Jazz in the playoffs? Can the Jazz beat the Clippers in the playoffs? Uh, are the Jazz the best team in the West? Is it the Lakers? Is it the Clippers? Who should the Lakers worry about? Denver, Utah, the Clippers, et cetera, et cetera, right? So I'm watching now. They're up six, the Clippers. And uh, it's just not the same. Spider's got 10. 
for the Jazz. They've been incredible, 23-5. and five. There's no getting around that either. But uh, they're going to play again on Friday night at Staples in two nights. And I think, hopefully, uh, Leonard and PG will be playing. And even if they win the game tonight, in my opinion, over the Jazz, if they somehow win with this ragtag bunch, that's not indicative of who they are. I got to see him playing with Kawhi and PG. Otherwise, it just doesn't matter to me.